0: Listening to dwarf casts brought to you by me and titan.
1: Awoga, this is a dwarf cast. Hey, 8 out of 10 cats prefer
2: Ganymede and Titan. There ain't no place in the whole of cyberspace.
0: www.ganymede.tv
3: We're all gathered here today to listen to a dwarf cast. We've never
2: done one like this before. Yeah. So this is something brand new, so enjoy it. I was such a prick. We don't have any critical faculties.
4: There is an element listening back of just, you just feel, oh, just stop
3: being such a dickhead.
4: We had lots of spunk.
2: And it just all came off in my hand, and I just looked upset and handed it to Tanya and demanded a hug.
3: If it's not entirely broken, don't bother trying to improve it.
2: And I'm a centrio,
3: Hello, and welcome to the 100th Ganymede and Titan Dwarfcast. This is a milestone that would be impressive had we only been going for a couple of years, rather than having launched way back in October 2006. Nevertheless, we're marking this very special occasion by discussing our favourite topic, ourselves. Join us for a self congratulatory circle jerk, looking back at almost 13 years of podcasting, reminiscing about how it all began, remembering our favourite and least favourite episodes, revealing scandalous behind the scenes secrets, and delving deep into the archives. I, another
0: century, oh, it's so special.
3: Along the way, we'll listen to snippets from the original pre Dwarfcast episode commentaries once presumed lost forever, and we'll be hearing from former GTR turned reddwarf.co.uk editor slash traitor Seb Patrick. But first, let's attempt to piece together the potted history of this sporadic and variable quality production. The full team of Jonathan Capps, John Hoare, Tanya Jones, Daniel Stevenson, and me, Ian Symes, recently gathered at Broadcunting House for a big old chat. Firstly, I asked the group how it all came about. How did it all come about? I don't fucking know. Wasn't it?
5: I have a I have a memory of of me pushing it quite a lot to get it started, but I, I feel like it was it was something that maybe came from John.
3: My memory is that it was you, Kepsi and Seb that were the sort of driving forces behind. Yeah, it. Yeah, well
5: I th- I th- I think yeah, me and Seb took it upon ourselves just to get get the ball rolling.
3: So far, so inconclusive. But maybe our former colleague said Patrick can shed some light on those early days, as my memory is that he was quite integral to it. Does that match his memories? But my memory is that you were quite integral to it. Does that match your memories? I think I was.
4: I mean, I I, I know I wasn't the original person to suggest doing a Red Dwarf podcast with with us as a group. It was around 2005, I was living and working in the United <laughs> States, no I wasn't, uh, but I was back up in Liverpool, uh, where I also am
3: now. Uh, but it was actually it was in the Observation Dome days. Observation Dome was a group blog run by people from the various fan sites that existed at the time, during which friendships were formed, fan films were made, and eventually the decision was made to merge everything together into one glorious whole, the Ganymede and Titan you know and tolerate today. Can our emails from those days fill in the gaps as to how the podcast was developed?
5: There's, a, there's an email thread called OD Podcast um, from 2005, October 2005. So I had a, a series of articles on my fan site called Red Dwarf and Me, which was just interviews with Red Dwarf fans about how they came to love the show and you know their opinions and everything. And I was going to do a recorded one of those with Danny.
6: Yeah, I remember that now. Did yeah, you actually do I, it? I don't think we ever did it, but I remember we talked about it as that whole thing of the next step was going to be an interview and done like, as a podcast, and then we were going to do it with loads of other people, fans, and then start spreading a bit wider and then start getting mm-hmm. into actual people involved with the show.
3: it? It's good to be reminded of all the things that were good that we were going to do <laughs> 14 years
6: think, ago. I look back at some of those old
2: emails, and I'm surprised at how, like, how much initiative I used to have <laughs> with these things. Because I used to come up with all these ideas, and sometimes I'd even do them. Uh, and these days, I'm very tired.
4: I probably then jumped on that idea quite quickly because at the time, I was very interested in in radio and in potentially working in radio. I was actually doing work experience at a, a local radio station at the time, so I liked the idea of doing some audio stuff relating to Red Dwarf. And podcasts were pretty early in their life at this point. Like, kind of like downloadable internet stuff had existed for a while, but podcasts as a thing, as a thing that you would subscribe to through iTunes. Uh, and even the name podcasts, like the name podcasts, came about in two thousand and four. Uh, it was a writer called Ben Hammersley writing in a Guardian article, was talking about downloadable radio shows and suggested like three or four possible names for them. One of which was podcasts, and that's the one that caught on. Um, so we were we were pretty early adopters, and I think that, and I think it didn't really have like a shape or a form at that point.
5: In this particular email thread from two thousand and five, Ian said. We should call the show Garbage Pod, clearly, which is such a shit name for a podcast. Yeah, who would um... <laughs> what idiot would call a podcast that? Seb's opinion, which kind of was echoed by us, is this is the best idea ever, although I hate the term podcast, as it assumes there's only gonna be they're only gonna be listened to on fucking shit iPods. And indeed that pre-recorded digital radio didn't exist prior to Apple
4: stamping their fucking shit iPods all over the world.
0: <laughs> a little
2: harsh
4: (laughs) i remember in that time having a very anti-apple stance which has has softened in a lot of ways at least in terms of ipods and iphones i still don't like macs but it was the mac versus pc adverts were around at that time and i remember getting very angry about them so and capsy was the same so we were very we're not going to call them podcasts because pod is from apple and that's proprietary we're going to call them dwarf casts and history has kind of proven us wrong on that one because <laughs> pod doesn't mean ipod to people anymore it means podcast you know but yeah. the shortened form of podcast tends to be you'll say oh on the pod or that kind of thing i think people still use like to use cast for the name of things they'll say it'll, you know a podcast might be called something cast and i think we were a bit ahead of the curve on that one um but yeah we were we, we were wrong to say this isn't a podcast that was that was silly and childish of us as many things were silly and childish
3: uh, about the dwarf cast back in those days for people with such vehement dedication to things that don't really matter, surely the circumstances leading up to the launch are well documented in the GNT archives. Seb takes up the story. Then what I can't find is any
4: discussion of us in the g era saying, right, we are definitely going to do some podcasts now. And there's one from May 2006 where I've kind of taken it upon myself to kind of try
5: to pool all the ideas together. And... It is actually Tanya that, that popped up in that thread and said, um, "Can we do some sort of startup announcement?" The press geek in me would love to do one, although I'm not sure how it would be phrased. And you just said, ooh, yes, yes, yes."
2: It feels like there are a lot of different threads and a lot of different ideas, but us all coming together. I, I don't, I don't think there is one person who came up with, yeah, with the idea. We're all moving in the same
4: direction. I know that it was decided to do a podcast at the 2006 Dimension Jump, and obviously in that in autumn 2006, uh, me and Capsi had moved in together, so there was the opportunity to start talking about doing that kind of stuff.
5: It was it was a really exciting year, like 2006, for me personally because I was at university, I was starting my like year work placement in Lo- in London, and that just coincided with Seb moving to London, and you were already in London. Yeah. Um, at university so it's kind of all like all these online friends coming together we had lots of spunk <laughs> and excitement <laughs> to do things to do to do new projects to, to kind of push things push things forward.
3: it was 2006 when we actually got started putting episodes out which was quite early for podcasts i think
6: i was about to ask that question actually because it was like what, how, how quick were we on the ball in terms
3: of how, well, i think we could have if we'd have um been good enough to be consistent we could we could have really been leading the way but we just weren't that good at getting them out <laughs> you see the interesting thing about that is a all right 2006 is
2: relatively early what i think's almost more interesting is we are still updating mm. no all right there were two episodes last year two episodes but there aren't many podcasts that were launched um 13 years ago that are still updating, and definitely still have the original numbering scheme. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're still using episode numbers that we started in 2006. Which is handy. I, th- I think that is quite rare.
3: And so Dimension Jump 13 in September 2006 provided the subject matter for the first ever Dwarfcast. We all descended on Peterborough to record our thoughts and opinions throughout the event. What are Seb's memories of how it came about and what's on it? What are your memories of how it came about and and what was on it.
4: I mean, I, I've got no memories of being on it, because I wasn't, uh, because I no. didn't go to that Dimension Jump. No, that was that that, no. yeah, that first DJ after Capsie and I moved in together, I couldn't afford to go, probably because I'd just moved to London and just moved into a flat.
5: Hello, and welcome to a special uh, Dwarfcast um, from Dimension Jump.
6: Hey. Hey. Hello. Hello. My name's
5: Jonathan Caps. Uh, mine isn't.
6: <laughs> <laughs>
5: uh, I'm John Hoare.
6: I'm Tanya
3: Jones. Ian Sides.
5: And we are live from my bedroom. We're live. <laughs> we're bedroom. live. Are yeah. we live at this minute? We're internet. recording live. <laughs> if there's any other type of recording.
2: <laughs> the weird thing we have in those first two episodes where we actually include clip, clips of Chris Barry mm. and Normal it we'd never do that now. That's not I mean, something... For a start, it was a lot of effort. <laughs> yeah, well, quite indeed. So I'm now writing
4: a book about... Uh, which it, it isn't a sort of linear autobiography, it jumps around, but at the moment its title is Engines and Ballet, and, uh, and, and uh, brackets underneath that title is How My Mother Tried to Make Me a Homosexual and Favourable. <laughs> that was a good format and that worked quite well and that struck me listening to it that intercutting those bits of, of like chris talking in the first one really worked quite nicely the other thing that struck me about it was everyone just starts off just moaning and whinging it's so negative negative. and i was listening to this thinking this is the first episode of a new series of podcasts and you haven't introduced who you really are. everyone's said their names but you haven't introduced who you are you haven't said what gnt is you haven't said what you're doing and you haven't haven't started with anything positive or celebratory, you've just launched straight in, slagging off the convention and the fan club, and grumbling. There has
3: been the fiasco, uh, once again, of the booklet.
4: What did you do, you know, this past
2: few weeks about the booklet? Did did you uh, mention anything about it? I
3: mentioned that if anyone, if it needs proofreading, then I would do it. And this obviously hasn't been proofread, and I was never asked to proofread it. And in fact, the thing that I wrote for it has been chopped up and farted about with until it becomes rubbish and it makes me look like a twat. I was such a prick. And that like that opening, the first ever podcast, for a start, I was so entitled. <laughs> and everything was a dagger to the heart. Yeah, um, Even if it was a typo and a booklet at a convention. <laughs> <It> so was... <laughs> I maintain that those booklets were really annoying. <laughs> I mean, there needs to be standards. Some things deserve criticising... And and constructive criticism is not a not a bad thing, but, but there's
6: there's, there's bollock there's, there's there's being annoyed that a guest hasn't turned up and there's getting annoyed that a comma in in there there's like the the those things aren't yeah. the same they are, they don't deserve the same level of criticism
4: and there is positive stuff as it goes on but I was just listening back to that thinking God yeah that's and even though I'm not on it I know full well that if I was I would have been exactly the same and it's just like yeah. that's what we were all like back then. Uh, so that was a, yeah, that, that's not how you do your first episode of your podcast.
5: <laughs> we've got, um, what have we got tonight? Yeah, we've actually got the quiz as normal. Um, which we've which got we're to looking watch.
2: to cheat on, clearly. Well, yeah. actually yeah. The, the, wanting to stay together. Yeah, that's
5: actually a stupid thing. They sort out the, the, the packs that we get, and, and every pack um, has a team number. Mm. So you are basically chucked into teams with people you don't know, you don't want to know. You don't <laughs> like. <laughs> so what we've done it's... is got together all our group of friends, and, and that's how we're doing the quiz. We're doing it as a group of friends. Fuck what numbers we were given for our quiz, and it's something they should abolish next year and let people find their own table.
6: Look, going back to how the DJ Dwarfcast happened now versus how we used to be when we did DJ Dwarfcast. Mm-hmm if we'd have had a group of people doing what we did in the early days, <laughs> holy shit, we would have tore the ass of the person doing it if we
4: If you listen to the first few or if you look at the first few in sequence, it starts with a two-part DJ 2006, mm. there's the Beat the Geek review, and then finally there's the first commentary. But the first commentary is the first one we recorded and that's why me and Capsy talk on it as if it's the first ever Dwarf cast. Right. But actually we decided to hold that back because DJ was coming up, you guys were all going there, there
3: was this idea to... To, to do a, a, a DJ Dwarfcast. So the commentaries would have to wait. But actually, this wasn't the first such audio activity to be released on the site. Back in 2003, not long after Ganymede and Titan had initially relaunched as a joint effort between myself and John, we met up and recorded commentaries for the entire first series and released the first three as downloads. Perhaps what was probably about the second, third or fourth time we met, um, I went over and stayed at yours in Nottingham. Yes. For a couple of days, and we decided to record our own fan commentaries for the whole of Series One, which we did in the space of a day. <laughs> it was the space of a was it an evening or an o- it was yeah, all it was in probably in the space of three hours. Yeah. Is what it probably was. We thought they were lost forever, um, but uh, was it last summer? It's Seb up. had gone through. Uh, a hard drive that he'd found in his dad's shed (laughs) and on them were um, the three commentaries that were released that Sub had downloaded at the time bless him he saved Yeah, he saved them them to a hard drive and everything (laughs) (laughs) and admittedly then kept them in a a scouse shed for 15 years Hi, welcome to Red Dwarf Series 1 with me is John Hall writer uh, not creator of Ganymede and Titan he's a latecomer Johnny come lately, if you will. And me, Ian signs Yes, yes. All right. round good guy, probably. Wonderful. And we're going to talk about Red Dwarf. And just look at
2: that.
3: Oh, lovely. Well, they can't because this is audio only.
2: Well, no, because they'll be looking at it on the yeah,
3: DVD. Yeah, This they? is what you've got to do you've got to put on your DVD, uh, turn the sound off on that, stick it on on your computer. A stunningly original idea that hasn't been done on any other site ever before, ever. Well. Yes. at that t Uh Fuck oh. off. You've just spat everywhere. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. He found them and, and sent them to us and we thought, oh great, this is a little piece of Ganymede and Titan history. Let's uh, let's just <laughs> upload these. Let's release this as a special podcast. This is amazing. Uh, oh, I thought I'd better just listen to them first and make sure they're okay to go out. Yeah, we're not releasing those. Fucking hell, they were awful you in every hate, sense. You hate them more than me.
2: I, I think, don't think that. I mean, it's difficult for me to judge because I'm going off the fact that you said they're absolutely awful, and then I listened to them. If I'd listened to
3: them without the warning, yeah, I might feel exactly the same. It was probably because in my memory, they were quite good. (laughs) And so, yeah, it was the confounding of my expectations that made me have perhaps such a negative reaction. I mean,
2: they're definitely not good. They're definitely... I think we can
3: safely say that.
2: You know, um, uh, in the opening scene here, it says, um, you outrank
3: all four... You are... you, You... What's the actual. <laughs> you rank below all four of those service robots, even the one that's bonkers. Bon- you know, even the, the one that's gone, gone absolutely absolute mad. Bonkers. Absolutely bonkers. mad. No, it's mad. It's bonkers. It's
2: bloody as not. You can feel us nearly breaking out into a fight on a fairly regular basis.
3: I get the impression that we were kind of playing characters as well. We were sort of being exaggerated versions of ourselves. I was 16 when we recorded these. Mm. Uh, and that is no age to be committing your your opinions <laughs> to the internet forever. <laughs> I've, I've subsequently learned, thank fuck, they're not online in full. See, yeah, I can hear, like, my own little
2: tics becoming a parody mm. in them. Like, you know, oh, we could just fuck off. Exactly. But I'm doing that as a joke then. I think it's a joke. I
3: think so, yeah.
2: Um, <laughs> I hope so. Um, the thing I would say about them is... There are so many of our obsessions that we keep returning to now that are present back then, mm. which might be a good thing, <laughs> might not be a good thing the, the thing that really struck me was in the future echoes commentary um I talk about um this was the fourth recorded if you remember mm. um and it was fourth it was the first recorded with Holly on set yes on a scene that hence his appearance in a monitor now. in the background rather than just uh, being overlaid in. I'm writing an article about that now. <laughs> I am writing an article now for G&T in 2019 <laughs> about something that we published now, was it 2004? Three. 2003. So we're talking about 16 years later and a point I was obsessing over then. I'm obsessing over in greater detail and with more accuracy
3: and there are glimpses of that in these commentaries um, but very much in the minority and largely drowned out by bickering more so <laughs> bickering. <laughs> more so than any of the ones that we published as dwarf casts uh, 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 burping farting <laughs> more even more swearing than normal cunty balls anytime either of us is halfway through making a good point, the other one will derail it deliberately just to be a prick. <laughs> look at the cat's belly here, it's hugely inflated. Oh, look at that. I've noticed that before. Very cool. Looks like he's got a sizeable chest. that? Okay, Terry,
2: Terry Farrell's female
3: cats. Yes, but aged about 80 and <laughs> they've started to sag quite a lot. <laughs>
2: It looks like a Terry Farrell Express. It looks
3: like an actor with a pillow up
2: his shirt. I
3: mean,
2: when you saw them jiggling around when she was going down the corridor, saying that she oh. There's a bit where both of us, this is both of us in Future Echoes, we talk about the line Carol, next corpse, please, and we claim that that was the inspiration for Carol in the British Empire. (laughs) <laughs> and we're not doing it as a joke. We are absolutely seriously suggesting that that's where Carol in The British Empire came from.
3: Can I do my little bit of foreshadowing there? Uh, Chris Barry's character here is inventing a secretary called Carol. The receptionist <laughs> called Carol. And of course, later on in The British Empire, Carol Parkinson.
2: Yes, it's just so... It's definitely inspired by the episode, yes. isn't
3: it? The clincher, really, uh, was that... Uh, <laughs> In, in Balance of Power, the final one, which, just to reiterate at this point, was published... Yeah, I know. ...on the internet under our actual names, <laughs> um, contains one of us making a racial slur and, and, one a of ri- us, and one of us making a homophobic slur. I'm not going to say which did which. <laughs> yep. But a really bad racial slur as yeah. well. Not a minor racial slur. The, the worst one. <laughs> I mean, I
2: just... Um, at one point, we basically admit that we don't have any critical faculties and therefore we can't actually argue pro or against anything in the world ever which i admire the honesty but you might begin to think well why did we actually bother recording this and putting it on the internet yeah um and some of the worst bits are like that but there are there are glimpses i think of of what they became Rabbit
4: rabbit 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 rabbit
3: rabbit and what they became was a backbone of dwarf casts precisely half of our first 100 episodes have been commentaries and it all started in a West London flat above a curry house shared by capsy and seb I really remember doing that, and it's probably partly because I've gone and, and listened back to it, or at least as
4: much of it as I could stand to, but I remember <laughs> doing the first the first one or the first couple where it was just me and Capsi, and I think it was, yeah. we were kind of doing it as a test run. I mean, what we shouldn't have done was um, do a test run that we decided to release and also <laughs> have the best episode of Red Dwarf as our first ever commentary test <laughs> run, uh, because in the years since, I definitely regretted not getting to do a proper... Deeper dive episode on thanks for the memory because it was just one that me and Capsie had tossed off one
3: evening after work.
4: <laughs> the audience should clearly have laughed more. At that that was a yeah. brilliant line.
3: Nah. That's the start
5: of. I don't it, know. But... I
4: actually think a better line is my foot says get the person who did <laughs> this to my foot. I think mean, I mean, that's a better line than I wouldn't want to be around when they make it because it's an obvious one. That. It's like I wouldn't be want to, want to be stuck behind one in the cinema. Although that's always been a weird line because you I know thought, the thing about coming out the top of their head because you, you know you wouldn't go for a piss in the cinema even if it didn't come out the top of your head, would you? That's a very
5: good point. Well, yeah. the, the alien set, they do things that are alien. Well, they yeah.
4: they might actually
5: piss in the cinema in that alien world. Yeah.
3: In the early days, the introductions are really insanely formal. Yes. <laughs> Did you notice that this week yeah. back? It is. It's so odd.
5: Episode commentary. Series 4, Episode 5, Dimension Jump. If you'd like to watch the episode at the same time as listening to the commentary, please press play on your DVD or video after the sixth beep. Thanks for listening.
3: We never got it right, because at the start it was this formal thing, then later on it was completely shambolic and we'd just keep it in <laughs> because we wanted to keep it real and we thought it was funny.
5: Hello and welcome to the Dwarfcast, that is the Dwarfcast, that is a special Dwarfcast commentary on Cats Smeg Won't Meg, which was uh, that they did for the now. <laughs> <laughs> night. Uh, you're going to hear some pips, and then when they finish, the episode will start. So you better press
4: play. They were very straightforward, um, and, and I do find it really interesting that you know, back in 2006, and in a quite ad hoc way, we established a format, and that format was just sitting there with some kind of recording device and microphone on the table between us putting on the episode, and we had to do things like making sure we turn the volume down, put the subtitles on, that kind of thing. We established those very kind of fundamental tropes, which have completely persisted for 13 years.
2: And we haven't finished the commentaries yet. <laughs> there is a thread, there's an early thread on g where a load of twats, let's face it, um, sit there saying, oh why didn't you just release all the commentaries at once? And we're kind of like, and actually the honest reason to why we didn't uh just released the commentaries at once is we haven't recorded them. And the reason we haven't recorded them was because it was ad hoc fun, not somewhere where we sat down in an afternoon and said, Right, let's churn our way mm. yeah, through yeah. series one.
6: That was never the point. No, it'd feel like a slog and it wouldn't yeah. be fun. And it's no. and I like the fact that we didn't we haven't done it in order. No. Like we haven't done it like in any structured way whatsoever. It's just what felt right. But oh. felt like a good time like whenever there's certain people there who want to do a certain commentary, we got them to do it at that point.
1: It's better that we do that than, uh, yeah. It's, it's, it's self imposed um, work is not great. Yeah. Especially if, if you are if you're talking if you're viewing a series that you you don't really get on with uh, that would. Imagine be... doing
3: eight. Uh, yeah. Well, uh, sixteen uh, <laughs> um, series seven and eight ones in a row. <laughs> but what we need to do now. Is
2: do what they've done with Doctor Who and go back and redo the early crap ones. <laughs> yeah,
3: we're painting the fourth bridge at this point. Yeah, yeah. Thankfully, this ill thought through approach has led to nothing but consistently brilliant commentaries for 13 years, and so nothing embarrassing or regrettable could possibly come to light from us listening back to some old editions.
2: We are all extremely passionate about yes. things that don't matter very much. We've got a lot better. We've got to look at I think
6: the word wiser is
3: a. I think, <laughs> having, having
2: a bit more perspective in our lives. There, <laughs> there is a point where um, me and Capsi are nearly having a stand up row about whether the effects in Legion are any good or not. <laughs> and I maintain that they aren't. Capsi maintains that they are. It gets quite nasty. We are leading up to the second worst effect in Red Dwarf 6 which is the oh uh, I, love faces. I think no, it nice. the face is it's it's absolutely really no fine. it's really badly done When Lister, uh, the worst bit of it is when the, they move the head and it kind of squeezes and a flat a flat it looks great really it terrible. looks weird it looks it looks weird, it weird enough. Looks shit. and it should look weird yeah but it looks shit no so no. No, no I like the shit no, bits. it's shit why didn't they just cut that shot because I like know, it know, it looks good it's, it's fine. fine it looks fucking cool though. oh it's fine you can shut the fuck up because you're wrong. <laughs> the thing is, if
3: they if they're the cutest. Do, should... do you
2: want to have it out? I know. Yeah. <laughs> but after after that, we can have a fight. <laughs> it's quite uncomfortable because we're all quite snippy and yeah. we're all quite young and we are all desperate to get our opinion across. It's not actually a nice listen like <laughs> a no. lot of the time. I'm desperate to be right. Yeah, and look, I'm not saying I'm not like that a bit now. I think we can all, start, you know, you'd have to go that far back before you find examples, Yeah. but it's
3: relentless. I listened to the Critty TV one recently because I'd always kind of had that in the back of my head that my memory of it was that it was a bit raucous, but quite funny, uh, whereas now it's just quite horrible. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's definitely raucous, yes. Our debating methods back then were just... <laughs> Throughout that episode, it's me and Capsy saying something is shit, and you saying no, it's good, and then you saying something's good, and me and Capsy going no, it's shit, yeah. but no reasons, no, no evidence, <laughs> no no, it's a nothing real, else on that.
2: It's a real problem. Cri TV is shit. My favourite episode
3: of series 8 by quite a long way. That is damning with faint praise though, <laughs> sure. yeah, yeah. John Mike likes the shit. Is, the cancer my cancer is my favourite form point. cancer. My <laughs> point with series 8. Do
5: series. you see? Because men are different to women. But it's ah. not really ah.
2: say it. It's
0: it you, can
2: de- you can deconstruct <laughs> any joke like that
0: though.
3: You yeah, can them as <laughs> 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 the <Point of laughs> is
2: Red Dwarf 8 kind of builds in my head as being a lot... Women, Women
3: paint the nails, look!
2: Men don't. Uh,
3: <laughs> but, but it's just a
2: silly sequence. One of the early best ones, actually, is um, Ticket to Ride, our Ticket to Ride one, which I think was a turning point. It felt like a turning point at the time towards something that was better mm-hmm. than we'd done before
3: then. Was that the one where we finally realised that just because we're doing an episode commentary we don't we're not on a DVD and we don't have to stop exactly when the episode is done so
2: we carry on talking and we carry on talking maybe a little too long but that was a real breakthrough well, no, I, I like Times as a font but a lot and I use it for a lot of things but I don't think I works. think it's ugly mm. no I, I, I you can't. I think you are ugly I think you're a
6: fucking <laughs> cunt <laughs> that's weird we get a 2005. Yeah, That's the right thing. At the yeah, because it's, it's the
2: it's yeah. really clever, isn't it? that mm. But still, the old BBC logo there. Yeah, and well we're like going to carry on
4: talking. I don't care the episodes. We well. are.
2: <laughs> Me well, well, if what, we have anything else left to talk well, what, what about, because we have
4: noticed that we've, we've hurried to the end of things. Usually, we've sounded like on the cast commentaries. Yeah, but we're better play. than and the we cast.
6: don't need to do that.
4: So no, I don't mean, no, quite know what we did. <laughs> no, well. yeah.
6: we've done it for like you know. I all think we time wanted time. to
4: pretend that we were important and that we <laughs> were actually <laughs> going to be on the DVD. Yeah, I mean, but we weren't good enough to get on the fan commentaries. What did we each think of the episode?
5: Okay, out of ten, I would give it six which is really insightful. <laughs> well, well, what I remember from that one is, even though it is, it, is de- it was definitely a turning point, definitely the best one we'd done at the time, we still had to cut out, I think, about half an hour of us arguing about Series 7. Because <laughs> it, oh, yeah. got, it got really tedious again.
2: <laughs> I realised with Ticker that this was the episode that I was most likely to be able to say good things about Red Dwarf 7 with. So I listen to it now and I'm thinking no, I don't agree with that. I don't agree with that. I'm just desperate to say something positive about (laughs) Dwarf 7. And it's like, in the early years especially, um, there was an awful lot of trying to win an argument rather than necessarily trying to say what I felt.
3: (laughs) Yeah,
5: I think that kind of instinct from you of of knowing what the room's opinion was going to be and taking one of your opinions that would be slightly different and amplifying it to drive the discussion is one of the things that ended up driving the podcast, really.
2: There is driving the conversation and there is just talking over everyone. <laughs> well, which, we all got Again, <laughs> we all did to an extent. We've got so much better at yeah. actually just not doing that. One of the few fourth wall breaking lines in Red Dwarf that, yeah, yeah. and also why is he straight? complaining? <laughs> <laughs> yes, but I didn't, again, I didn't it's again, it doesn't work. But it's funny because it's a joke, a funny joke. But actually, it doesn't this work. This is what I keep saying, and I'm now going to shut up. <sighs> a fight is nearly about to break out. Sometimes, <laughs> every other line. It's usually me, <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and it's just, and then you can hear usually. um the back down as we realised that actually this will just completely destroy this recording. We had that kind of idea, <laughs> yeah. and we just kind of backed down. I kind of dread to think what the conversations were like once the mics were turned off, because I, I can't remember them. But I presume I immediately went back to the argument and tried to argue my <laughs> point, despite, as you pointed out, not being able to argue a point beyond, oh well, it was funny though. I think
1: it settled into an acceptance. Well, didn't we have a catchphrase that you like the shit bits yeah 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 yeah. (laughs) so I think we came to an acceptance that we weren't going to agree I have read um on the internet about geek social fallacies which I think definitely applied where you tend to have if you have a group of people who are into the same thing um and sort sort of like in a geeky way that they feel compelled to all agree with each other and you should all have exactly the same opinions on everything and then there's a great tension when you actually find that of course people disagree
4: about mm. stuff the commentary episodes are just about whoever happens to be there sitting there and having a chat about the episode as they watch it sparked by what comes up on the screen it's not an attempt to be like an exhaustive overview of the episode you don't cover everything and sometimes i find when i'm listening to one if it's one that i haven't done it's like I'm sometimes a bit, oh, I wanted to hear you talk about that moment, but you happened to be talking about something else yeah. as it went, as it ran over it, so you didn't get to that. But that's kind of fine because, that's you know, if you tried to be exhaustive, every episode would have to be three hours long and it, it probably wouldn't be as enjoyable to listen to.
2: In many ways, they are the anathema of everything else about g mm. because we do think about things, especially now, but even back then, even in some of our early articles, I read them and I don't agree with some of them. But we have logically thought through and fact checked to the best of our ability at the time,, yep. but the commentaries are looser, and so it's kind of not true g and t in a lot of ways, and i I kind of it's interesting the commentaries have been some of the most popular things that we've ever done on the site, but to me, I love doing them, and I love that they're there, and I would never ever want to get rid of them, but they are never going to be my favorite thing on the site because yeah. They are what they are, which is, uh, you know, half an hour or probably 45 minutes of us loosely talking about something, which is not always a bad thing, because sometimes we come up with things that I never would have come up with when I was writing an article. That happened time and time again.
6: So how long has it massed then? between mm. now and now like, that's only been is it literally like the next like an hour later and this is what I was just weeks Yeah. because then the lifts are fixed and all this stuff well goes.
2: I mean it all depends how seriously and literally do we take April, May, June, July and August full that's <laughs> that's the question yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Cool. and is it is it no, is it literal mind. or is it not is it a
3: Is it like a grand? It
6: started off as an April Fool's joke, but got out of hand, and he was like, "I can't let this go now." So this
3: happens over the course of five months. I actually, I, I really like that it was
2: that Holly fucked them over for five months. I think that's funny. That's brilliant.
6: That's like the ultimate joke. It was just like five-month April Fool joke. Oh yeah.
2: And I, I, because Holly's not got anything else to do. I think, (laughs) I think he'd do the long game.
6: Well, yeah, he's already done. They did the Norweb thing when he was
2: bored. So, yeah. yeah. Let's get ready, ready. Let's get ready, ready. Let's get ready to rumble.
4: Watch us wreck the mic. Watch us wreck the mic. Watch us wreck the mic. Psych.
3: It was just over ten years ago that the next big step in Dwarfcast evolution took place. Up until then, we'd been looking back on episodes from the past, but all that was about to change with 2009's Back to Earth.
4: Hello, and welcome to a Dwarfcast special. Uh, a Ooh. back to earth preview edition, <laughs> in which we're going to gibber on, um, you know, in an ill informed manner about what we think. Things that you already know, that yes.
2: Even come out the edit suite yet. Think,
4: things that we think we know about the specials, and that entitle us to judge them before we've seen <laughs> them.
5: I think if you're lucky, you might be in for a massive argument as well, because <laughs> we've got some differing opinions.
4: I remember that Back to Earth preview because that was that was yeah the sort of the first time we'd really done a trying to speculate. Well, it's the first time we'd had the opportunity to speculate about new Red yeah. Dwarf and and talk about Red Dwarf as an upcoming thing. Uh, and then obviously, I do remember doing the um, the the three on the night episodes, which um, I yeah. think in I think in some ways are still quite an enjoyable listen, and in other ways, you know, they they can be a bit of a painful listen because I mean that that weekend was. A weekend full of a lot of different emotions for a lot of different reasons.
3: So it was obviously new episode Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Um it was Easter weekend, so everyone had the Friday and the Monday off work if they were working. We had loads of people down. Yeah. Um loads of people down in what is um not a massive house. <laughs> um we were all very, very excited. There was not a lot of sleep going on for anyone, even if you lived in the house and had a room because yeah. <laughs> there was just lots of chat going on. It was very, very hot. <laughs> it, it was not the ideal environment, perhaps, to do what would now obviously be live podcasts. Yeah. Um, yes, that's interesting. isn't yeah, we'll uh, uh, yeah. But at the time, what we did was just recorded um, where... Keen to uh, as much as possible not cause any editing work and just mm-hmm. record uh, beginning middle and end and go and get it uploaded straight away. All but one of them we managed to get out before midnight on the night, so it yeah. was pretty good going in terms of that. That was my uh, hold up in capture. Yeah, film. I remember you, Danny, and Seb went up and and just locked yourself away and got and whipped those them. podcasts into shape and got them uploaded.
4: It's not necessarily <laughs> what you might be looking for from a direct continuation of the best of Dwarf, but. Yeah.
3: It's, it's something new, new
4: and it's something new that's actually good. Which may be the first time they've done different
3: that. Different types of jokes as well, such as <laughs> Katarina <laughs> saying Rimmer was a bit crap. Oh, that and then, visual gag. And then a visual gag of a readout saying bit <laughs> crap. That is a proper that. laugh. And that is better than any fucking joke in Series what, 8. No, because it, it didn't. Like this is the thing, though. Face. It, it didn't make me laugh as much as Series 8. I'm sorry. But obviously, in that situation, by Sunday, <laughs> things are going to get a bit fraught. <laughs> yeah, We'd not man. had any sleep. The episodes were incredibly divisive. And there was an iffy atmosphere.
2: I'm John Hoare, and I'm no longer the kind of audience Red Dwarf wants to attract.
3: <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: Sorry if I put down on things on my head.
3: <laughs> wow. Well, uh, to be honest, the enthusiasm and the joy that I'm feeling at this moment in time, you couldn't put a downer on me if you tried. (laughs) Which you probably will later. (laughs) But it ended up being quite heated uh, I think between me and you, John. But I think also in general between you and literally everyone else. (laughs) The thing is um, I'll be honest,
2: I have not gone back and listened to them. I can't face it. It was the absolute height of me being far caring far too much <laughs> um and it was it was just it wasn't healthy for anyone and i that that it just it was just crap it was just awful and <laughs> um, because i wasn't even making myself happy i have very mixed Incredible. feelings about that two million viewers because i've kind of got a feeling i probably prefer what was on bbc2 yesterday <laughs> what than what i before. got what i saw um was it golf?
1: Yeah, it was yes. golf. Golf.
4: <laughs> yeah. Uh,
1: well no kind
4: of. Kind of.
2: I John. Coming
4: soon. Putter and tea.
2: <laughs> from I, 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 yeah, I, for what it is, yeah. Charlie, that
3: is bollocks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you would not you have wanted to watch, watch the, the golf the night walk. Oh I dunno, <laughs> you see yeah, I
2: I find I have very—it's all very mixed feelings because when you're so emotionally invested in a show, whatever that show does, you're always interested to, to an extent. But it's the like,
4: jokes you're... in the golf are fucking shit. <laughs> I mean, really?
2: I think I behave like an absolute prick, but it was—it was not because I was trying to behave like an absolute prick. It was just desperately important for me to get my opinion across in a way that I've never felt since. Um, I,
1: I think there were probably quite a lot of personal things happening. That made that febrile atmosphere.
4: It's the kind of thing where, again, maybe if we were kind of a bit older, um you know, obviously we were kind of hurtling towards or past thirty at that point. But I think you know we had a little bit more sort of ability to rein ourselves in. But then that wasn't really the point of those, you know. um yeah. And they were, yeah, they were, they were very much about capturing the emotion live, um, for for better or worse, really.
2: I reckon they're probably quite good listens. I've got to be honest. <laughs>
3: Yeah, from if you from an outsider's <laughs> point of view, yeah, you just it's probably hear a bunch of friends <laughs> falling out. Uh, it's great. <laughs> no, if,
1: if you consider what was going on with all of us at that particular point, yeah. I think there was a lot to unpack.
4: I think as a as a time capsule of kind of capturing that that immediacy, um, they were really good to do, and I think that's something that's carried through to the the 10, 11 and twelve uh, post episode ones that that you've done as well.
3: But sadly, those subsequent instant reaction episodes would be without Seb, as he betrayed his friends in pursuit of that sweet, sweet Grant Naylor Productions money. But he bowed out in the only way he could, saying goodbye on one of his beloved Dwarf casts.
4: We made a very specific decision to, to get in two particular episodes before I left. We wanted to make sure that as the full original team, I mean original inverted commas, you know, original yeah. expanded team, uh, that we would do back to reality and then i think there was a, a fairly strong consensus of uh well i think it was it was kind of partly left to me to suggest what would i want to do as my last one and we'd already done thanks for the memory and out of time is my number two episode and also just because of what it's about it, it was a good opportunity to play with as the uh as the episode to for, for where i will be leaving. And i think we made we made the deliberate decision as well i mean obviously because it was two episodes we were releasing them we recorded them on the same night uh which was yeah a a very memorable evening round at john and tanya's place um and we we did both of those episodes intending to release them apart so obviously when the first one came out there was no inkling that anything was going on and then the second one was timed to basically be be released like did we release it like the day before my first update on toss which announced that i was taking over toss so there was a I think we I think on the episode we said I was leaving but we didn't say why and then the why came 24 hours later for reasons that actually due to timing and stuff we can't actually mention right now (laughs) uh, because it's not our place to announce it on Dwarfcast Uh, but you will find out pretty imminently a reason why I'm having to leave Ganymede and Titan and Dwarfcast so um, yeah this is my last ever one which is why we did out of time because I wanted to do it as a farewell um, and I'm really sad that this is going to be my last dwarf cast because I'm not really that bothered about the site, but I just I enjoy doing <laughs> the podcast. So, and we got to do that little farewell segment, which was very amusing uh, and <laughs> really good fun. Do you uh, still have the clock? I do still have the
3: clock. Yes. The, 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 <laughs> I, wasn't, I was expecting. <laughs> I was not expecting you to still have it. That's no, I really do. Chinch.
4: It's 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 in the loft somewhere. It got it got <laughs> packed up when we moved, but
3: it, I definitely yeah. still have it. We've
2: clubbed together. <laughs>
3: To get you a retirement present, which uh, you'll have to uh, this works well in audio. Yes, you'll have to explain what's happening to the people at home. That's <laughs> me. It's a claw,
4: <laughs> and we've had it engraved. It's a claw, <laughs> and it says "fuck off" then, <laughs> and they didn't even put a fucking battery in
3: it. <laughs> my memory is that when you were part of the team that you were the kind of dwarf cast guy that you'd be the one that was um mm. pestering everyone else to bother to get off our asses to do them
4: i mean yeah i was I, I think there there is a point where yeah where i was trying to kind of make them happen more i mean i don't even think i don't even think it was that long where i would have been the one actually editing them uh, because i think danny came in and probably took over a lot of that uh quite quickly um, but yeah, I think it was, uh, you know, it, it felt like it, it was, yeah, it was kind of my responsibility to try and keep making sure that it happened. Um, so I'm, you know, I'm definitely pleased that that has continued to be the case um, after I've gone.
3: The late said Patrick there. And continue we did, as Series 10 came along in 2012, bringing with it the next step forward for our Instant Reaction podcasts. <laughs> I spoke to the group about our decision to move into live broadcasting, as I seem to recall having to kind of persuade people that doing a live one was a good idea. I seem to recall having to kind of persuade people uh, that doing a live one was a good idea. We were very worried about, I think, my mouth.
2: Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It turns out that I'm relatively good at not saying things that will get us into trouble
3: when we're live. I think Slightly surprisingly. <laughs> I think it's that you don't want to let everyone else down, yeah. to some extent. And, God, if we'd have tried to do those before we sort of grow up a bit, your instinct and mine, I'm not singling oh, you out. No, no, no. All of, our, all of our instincts would have been self-destruction. But one of the key things that led to us taking that back to earth thing and doing it live, I started working behind the scenes on Big Brother. Ended up having a semi-regular sort of slot on Big Brother's bit on the side to talk about digital stuff and what people are saying on social media and stuff. And so that, A, taught me how to present myself on live TV. And I figured, well, less people will be listening to a GT and t podcast than would be listening to, <laughs> than would be watching, oh, than would be watching Channel Five at midnight. Maybe not, actually. But also, I drew a great deal of inspiration from the Big Brother fan community. There was a guy called uh, Dr Detroit um, that ran a Big Brother podcast from America, uh, which he did about the UK Big Brother, but he's American. Um, he'd do that live on Spreaker every, after every eviction night and every live night. And it was really great. It was just people sort of doing instant reactions like we'd done for Back to Earth. Um, people, <coughs> they ha- they have people on Skype Um, giving their opinions as well which is something that we've always done on the live ones Uh, that podcast has intro music as well that is sort of vaguely thematically related to the content of the episode that is just watched Um, and so things like that made me basically just copy that format and do it for Red Dwarf fair enough This is the and Titan Live Instant Reaction Dwarfcast and we'd like to talk to you about Jesus. As the old saying goes, if life gives you lemons, make an overlong, rambling and self-important podcast. Can I just mention as well that the intro music for Dear Dave is one that I'm particularly proud of, but that's but we decided not <laughs> to include that on the version on the feed. But if you go back to the Spreaker page, you can hear that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's my favourite. <laughs> I, I
2: think the series 10 ones... I mean, again, we'd all learnt from the back to earth ones, and there's still stuff in the series ten ones that I kind of roll my eyes at a bit when I'm listening to me, but they're more civilised. <laughs> yes, they're nicer. Um, that's kind of another turning point. I would suggest those ones and towards something that you can listen to now and not
3: <laughs> not to hate kill yourself. yourself.
2: Um, there are moments, but then there always are. Yeah. Um, You don't want to completely tone everything down.
1: I actually, um, John, John, I recall you saying to me in the build-up to Series 10 that you weren't going to get personally invested like you had with um, Back to Earth.
3: And did it work? I think
1: it did, yeah. yeah. Good.
3: And the fact that you still... I'm always grateful for the fact that you have negative reactions to Red Dwarf <laughs> when I have positive ones, uh, but no, the fact that you still had it did that didn't stop you from having opinions. It just helped you to express articulate, them, them. Yeah, <laughs> express them better and have those disagreements yeah. form an interesting chat rather than a big fight. Yeah,
6: but the uh, the thing that really pisses me off about the the series ten ones is that I think the first half of the Trojan one is oh. lost.
3: Oh, yeah. is it?
6: So basically, yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's there, but it's corrupted.
3: Your craft has just entered the catchment area for the Ganymede and Titan Dwarfcast. We're live on all-known frequencies and in all-known languages, including Vogan. What I love about the live ones is having people listening along which is so gratifying yeah. yeah and and actually drives the content and gives us things to talk about welcome back uh to the <laughs> gnt Dwarfcast, cast where the big topic of the conversation is do cats wank uh <laughs> <laughs> lily says oh, God, why Liz? wank when you can lick uh Cy bromley has been in touch to say cats wank wearing gardening gloves i think uh daryl mclean jones an unspayed cat needs to be wanked off for its own health uh <laughs> James has pointed out, uh, James Googled it and uh, Google says, yes, cats do wank. And Performing Monkey says, do cats wank is just begging to be the title of an autobiography. Uh, That was Do Cats Wank, brought to you by Ganymede and Titan. Can I just apologise in general? The best thing about the series 10 ones, which we were prevented from doing by the UK TV play policy for subsequent ones, is that it was literally minutes after the episode aired. It, the The show was on from nine till nine forty. Nine forty was when we hit go on our um, on our warm up music to get people give people time to to, to tune in, and then we'd start talking at ten o'clock. That's pretty pretty pl- good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Twenty, <laughs> 20 yeah. minutes. That people minutes were able to, to listen to it twenty minutes after the episode. Was and I prepared. remember
6: that really kind of feverish weird feeling you get when you realize that actually whatever you say now. Is gonna get <laughs> uh, is immediately gonna get broadcast to everyone, and it's like it's quite scary. When you it catch. is genuinely, but it, was, scary. but it was really exciting though.
3: Whereas, when we came to do <laughs> the dwarf casts for series eleven, it was that was really difficult for several reasons. I still think they're all right. I think they're fine. I do think I, they're fine. I, I think they're better than fine. I think that people listening would have perhaps noticed a dip in quality, but not a massive one. Um, whereas for us I, I fucking hated doing those um, largely for self-imposed reasons we got it wrong in terms of we had a decision to make ahead of time and we we can't have known in advance that we'd got it wrong we were well informed and we, we actually did a survey and asked people what they wanted as well yeah. um, when it was announced that the each episode would be released online a week before it was on tv we had to decide whether to be on uk tv pace or dave pace and we thought at the time based on what people had told us that some people would be watching it on uk tv play but not everyone Mm. Um, but everyone would be watching it on dave and so let's hold off and do it on dave Mm. by the time even by the time we did the first one we realized that we'd kind of that was the wrong decision more people watched it on uk tv play than said in advance that they were going yes. to yes it was something like 40% of people in our survey said that they were going to watch on uk tv play and as it turned out it was 100% of people <laughs> um so already by the time we came to do uh, the first live uh, podcast for 11 which was a week after we'd all seen it on uk play we were already worried that the the discussion had been had and that we wouldn't have much to say if we just went on and did our thoughts as we normally did um so i imposed a kind of structure to it um sort of gave it a format which in theory was fine as an idea i think but for this particular group of people (laughs) having a format is not a good idea we were fucking useless let's face it we were awful at sticking to it and then having to to write a script and a format for the podcast every week, um, and for some reason as well, I took it upon myself to make um, extra bits of audio, <laughs> um, could just to sort of break things up, and because I was so worried that the it would just be an hour and a half of us chatting shit, mm. which has never been a problem <laughs> before, <laughs> um, to to break things up and give it a structure, I did those ad breaks. And I did, though, the dwarf facts which we had to write, record, and edit as well.
6: Ganymede and Titan presents Dwarf Facts.
3: Crisis is actually spelt wrong. It is very difficult to get a cloche three million years into space. Everything that you don't like about this episode is the fault of evil script editor Andrew Allard, who secretly sneaks
5: into the studio late at night and replaces all copies of the script with his own special Andrew
3: Allard versions. Danny John Jules is an arsonist. Closh. Hashtag dwarf facts. That was a terrible, terrible time. <laughs> I was doing so much work, therefore wasn't enjoying it. And I think that's why I look back on um, the series 11 ones and, and, and don't, I don't remember enjoying the experience as much, which is probably colouring my view of the, of the output. I, I think the output is good. I think it's fine. Um, I think for the first time, did G&T feel at work? for you is that yes. kind of what you yeah, that's exactly it. I just entirely self imposed, I decided in advance that this is I'm gonna do this, this and this each week. You see, the one thing I would take from that is one of my favourite
2: moments in any dwarf cast is on the um Red Dwarf 12 ones where you innocently play in an ad break and then realise it's the one with oak furniture and, <laughs> <at, laughs> and you just got kind of, it's totally irrelevant. Yeah. <laughs>
3: Uh, sorry, folks, I've forgotten that that um, ad break was almost entirely Oak Furniture Land adverts. <laughs> that, was, that was the one from Officer Rimmer last year, if you're <laughs> in school. Um, and of course, the other problem um, with the series 11 ones that made it more difficult for us, which is something that we couldn't really have predicted in advance, is that um, one of us close-knit group of, of five very close friends um, w- was moments from death at one stage yes. during during the broadcast. Do you want to pick up that story? Uh, yes, I I um had the temerity
2: <laughs> to uh, nearly die of pneumonia. Yeah, and it was, thanks for that. It was very weird because um I watched Twentica the night before I went into hospital. Uh, which was kind of I can't even remember what I thought about it. Are you
3: blaming Twentica for bringing yes, it up? Yes, I I'm exactly blaming Twentica.
2: <laughs> And then uh, the next day I uh, ended up being rushed into hospital in an ambulance. Actually, it wasn't rushed, technically. No. I I, I was sitting in my living room in the morning waiting for my doctor's appointment and I suddenly literally couldn't breathe. As Mm. in, like, literally, actually couldn't (laughs) breathe till the paramedics got in. I
1: I remember having to check with him and was like, you really want me to phone an ambulance? You really, really yes. do want me... <laughs> yes, right, I okay, 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 i an ambulance. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so that all happened, and I was in intensive care for two weeks. And at The worst one... fucking possible timing for yes. a Red Dwarf fan site. Oh, fucking day. Um, and it was, I mean, it was... It was, terrible. it was kind of that day. There was moments in that day where it got quite hairy, I would suggest. Yeah, the yes I was in intensive care for a reason well,
1: well yeah that's that's not spit hairs yeah I, <laughs> I, I, I was I, I had to wait whilst you were hooked up to all manner of pain relief, antibiotics whatever um, in intensive care and then was taken into a room and it was explained to me exactly what the state of play was so, so it wasn't, you weren't you weren't um Imminently in danger of death, but uh, if you didn't respond to the treatment they were giving you, it was it was gonna start getting very serious indeed. If and it was still very serious.
2: The next stage was the ventilator, which thankfully I never had to go no. on. And as soon as you get put on a ventilator, then yeah, you're very 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 hairy. in trouble. Um. On the plus side, the thing I remember about all this is I remember putting the UK TV app on my phone and watching Samsara. Um, uh, on my phone and thinking oh that's quite good (laughs) and to this day I can't quite figure out that may very very well be because I'm on morphine yes I was on an extraordinarily large amount of morphine so you are sick (laughs) instantly there was one point in my stay where the nurse looked at me and said um are you feeling any pain now I said no I'm, I'm actually fine why do you keep giving yourself morphine? <laughs> <laughs> well it's <was> quite nice <laughs> But anyway um, And I remember listening to And I think I sent in a, a little message For the Samsara one and, But it was yeah a very weird time What was the first Wolfcast I finally made it to? Was it the fifth?
3: I'm delighted to say that for the first time in this series I'm joined by the complete g team Yay. Freshly escaped Yay. from the clutches of Kerry Shale Please welcome John Hall. <laughs> Yeah. Like, conversely I think series 12 is my favourite podcast that we've ever done um, ideally um, I'd have liked uh, Capsie and Danny to be physically there for more of them um, yeah. much like John's selfishly getting himself hospitalised on the previous <laughs> one you decided to have a child oh, of all I things <laughs> and apparently they need caring for at uh, evenings that, why yeah does, why don't newborn babies adhere to podcast scheduling <laughs>
5: they're they're so fucking childish I can't <laughs> even i can't even begin to say, but yeah i um I don't think i was honestly i i feel like I wasn't present at all with the twelve ones, maybe one one or two and ones a half, like, yeah, I do know that the 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 end products were brilliant and you know everything kind of come to get came together but just yeah my situation just basically removed me from the process
3: and yeah we ended up with a better end product as a result that's interesting yeah <laughs>
5: i think so. i mean after after all those like a decade of podcasting it's like ah oh, the the secret ingredient is remove caps <laughs> it's not what you put in it's what you leave out
2: those casts incidentally have one of my single favorite moments i think it's everyone's single favorite moment which was uh, Pendo's contribution to Time Wave. Mm-hmm. I felt we were made to believe that that character was wrong for yeah. feeling that way, whereas it should have be been celebrating the character's individuality rather than making us believe you know, that that character needed someone to tell him he shouldn't be dressing like that, yeah. He needed someone to tell him that he shouldn't be that camp. If he wants to be camp, if he wants to
3: fly around in a dress and whatnot. I'm all for that. It's annoying as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Generally, as well for series twelve, we'd fixed the timing of it. We'd we'd taken it back to being an instant reaction or as close as we could get it mm-hmm. um, by doing it on the Friday at UKTV pay play pace, um, and scrapped any semblance of format. <laughs> uh, other than that, the only that we've done live ones for the anniversaries as well, and they've always been fun. Are those two are my. F- possibly my favourite the uh, the open Skype um, led to one of my favourite all time <laughs> moments. Would what, this be Pecos Pete? Version? It would be Pecos Pete. <laughs>
5: <laughs> that's my fa- that's my favourite dwarf cast in general, that twenty fifth anniversary it, one.
2: It all came together didn't
6: it that It's one, very much, right? yeah that was very much the zenith of the whole escapade <laughs> of that lad. <laughs>
3: Hello caller
6: <laughs> Yeah who is this?
3: <laughs> uh, you're through to uh, Ganymede and Titans uh, live live Dwarfcast what's your name and where are you calling from
0: it's Pico's Peak
3: yay, yay! I, I want to tell Johnny the Hammer Caps to fuck off
2: <laughs> fair enough you fuck off too Pico's Pete. <laughs>
5: Where you coming from? That's all I gotta say, man. I'll, I want to listen now, so adios, amigos. <laughs>
0: Is that it? <laughs> <laughs> it? It's
2: gone. It's gone. It's <laughs> older than I thought.
3: <laughs> I'm yeah, can I just say, yes, I've
2: got I, I a horrible feeling that's the best call, wouldn't
3: it? <laughs> <laughs> These are all wonderful memories. But what other highlights and lowlights spring to mind from the previous 99 episodes? Here are our faves and worsties, starting with an incident that occurred ahead of the live instant reaction to cast for Siliconia. Obviously we, we make arrangements for you guys to, to turn up well in advance of when we go live, because we don't want any, any last minute dramas of that nature. And uh, you got stuck in traffic, <laughs> and as it ticked by, I thought, oh god, everyone's normally here by the time we start playing the 20-minute <laughs> countdown. It's really cutting it fine that they're not here. I hope it's going to be okay. And then it, you just didn't turn up. <laughs> Until It wasn't your fault. It was a local stabbing. There was what a the stabbing. Yeah. yeah. But, what I, but what I enjoyed was that we just had to go, oh, fuck it, we're just going to have to go on air and they're just going to have to come in. <laughs> so I'd, I texted you to say, when you arrive, <laughs> do a really loud and exaggerated yes. knock on the door so that it's picked up on the mic so that we can incorporate
2: it into and the we show and we were <laughs> listening to the Dwarfcast on the car radio oh
3: fucking hell oh my hell. goodness me oh, uh, we've just the we've just heard that John and Tanya are at the door <laughs> <laughs> uh, but so <laughs> there's somebody at the door oh, somebody at the door in the meantime you're alive on the Dwarfcast hey. it's hey. it's Sammy the fucking chamois. <laughs> <shabby. laughs> Now, what pissing time do you call this? I hate 9.25. <laughs> right. Um, you're live on the internet. <laughs> Please feel free to swear. Bollocks. <laughs> Thank right. you. Hold on. That happened after we'd done a kind of joke version of that happening in a previous podcast. Do you remember? The, there was a podcast where there was an episode commentary um, that we'd recorded uh, in one session. And then we recorded a, a sort of second part to append to that commentary, like elite scenes or something. Yeah. Or a series and, wrap up, yeah. Yeah, a series wrap up type thing. Um, we we recorded in a later session, uh, which would have been fine, except that it was a different configuration of people oh, yes. <laughs> on each of those. So we <laughs> so we did a little sketch thing in the middle where. <laughs> John and Tanya uh, suddenly arrived, knocked on the door and and said that they'd only do the podcast if we sent Danny away. <laughs>
6: <laughs> uh, and then I had to dial back in on Skype from, from, from Leeds, having got there in four seconds.
3: <laughs> so, that was Camille, and that... Oh, Jesus. For fuck's sake. In the oh. middle of the thing... That... I'll, get, I'll get it.
1: There's somebody at the door. Oh, there's somebody at the... Oh, it's
5: John and Tanya and Joe. Hello John and Tanya and Joe.
1: Hello!
5: Hello. Fancy you coming round on this, the exact same day that we are recording
3: our commentary for Camille.
1: Yes, it is definitely that day.
3: Would you like to help us summarise series four, in order to prevent the three of us from running out of steam and not bothering to release this Dwarfcast for months?
2: OK, but only if Danny leaves the room and dials in on Skype instead.
3: Shake. I have another favourite one. The Just the Interviews uh, one we did after <laughs> after series 10. Uh, me and Capsi, uh, with Danny's help, uh, scripted and performed a um, <laughs> framing material as if it was a clip show in a, in a 90s sitcom. Good morning, gents. Welcome to GNT Towers. Good morning, Miss Performing Monkey. Hiya. Ooh, I'm really looking forward to today's Dwarfcast. Me too. Let's head up to Broad Cunting House on the top floor to get started. But why do we need to go to a recording studio when this
5: conversation is clearly being recorded? Shut up. Get in the lift.
3: Right, top floor. What are we going to talk about in the Dwarfcast, then? Well, I thought we could do... Oh, Oh, what the fuck? The lift's broken down. Wow, I didn't think that would happen. We could be stuck here for ages. What are we going to do? Well, I think the standard procedure is to reminisce about things that we've done in the recent past. Oh, that sounds tedious. Yes. Uh, Danny edited it and did sound effects and stuff, including making a cameo as uh, Mrs Performing Monkey. <laughs> ah, yeah.
6: <laughs> <laughs> I, remember, I, I honestly remember that being really fun to put together, because it was a proper little... little test of what I'd learned so far at work and all this kind of stuff so it was just a case of right so I've now got to like make it feel like as if you're in a the lift and I've got to do the lift stopping and it was just really fun to do and then that kind of really ridiculous thing of like a I remember and then all this kind of like dreamy harp noise going on I loved sort of really taking the piss with that I really enjoyed it.
2: I have a favourite cast moment um, or a favourite Dwarfcaster in fact one of the ones that I really felt clicked together was our uh, Can't Smeg Won't Smeg Uh, we're talking about something that isn't usually talked about Can't Smeg Won't Smeg isn't a particularly large recurring topic
4: I I think the best commentary one that I ever appeared on was the Can't Smeg Won't Smeg Uh, I think that one and I've gone back and listened to that one in, in preparation for this and that one is really enjoyable because we had a really good time watching it again uh, we had fun doing it, and I think that fun does actually come across on the audio. And I think it's, I think it's a funny one to listen to.
2: I mean, if any of the people on that stage stopped to think about what they were doing with their lives, <laughs> or indeed if any of the people watching, hey, <laughs> I resemble that remark. I think Chloe's now at the point where she realises this is going to be unpleasant. I yeah, think yeah. she's at the point where she realises she hasn't had much
6: to do. With it. <laughs> Which could have
2: at home. I know it just all kind of fitted together and that was kind of an example of one of our more relaxed ones because actually ultimately can't smoke work, smoke doesn't matter therefore it kind of we could relax a little on that one I think uh,
3: which is probably why it, end, it ended um, with you implying that Ainsley Harriet is a racist oh does it yeah. I've forgotten about that <laughs> so that was the commentary and now that's finished so. <laughs> can, can I just say Ainsley Harriet is not a racist uh, or a rapist. <laughs> <laughs> he's also but he is racist. <laughs> when, when in the
2: hole, John, and he's also. A well, I'm never listening to that one again.
4: <laughs> I think something that's been good as well, which is something that again wasn't possible for you to do uh, in the time that I was there because there weren't new episodes being made. But the the set report ones that you did, because we you know we had that situation mm. where coming home. On the night of a Red Dwarf recording, and that conversation that you have, whether it, you know, partly with people who have seen it, and then also with people who haven't, who you want to tell about it, but you can't be spoilery to, that's not something that gets captured often. Um, you know, as I say, it's only really because there's only, you know, what 200 odd people in the room for each one. So it's not something you see a lot in like the general discourse. So actually having those as as podcast episodes and kind of again, coming back to what we said about the Back to Earth one, kind of capturing that live excitement, uh, I think that they made for really good episodes as well.
6: So uh, we're in uh, Studios right now. We're in the <laughs> uh, tent awaiting to go in <laughs> to the audiences. Uh, Capsi, this is your first. Uh, <laughs> First one, I'm really excited. This is really good. I really was good. meant to go to loads, but this is this, this is the well, one. Thank God you managed to make it to this one because <laughs> yeah. it is the last one. It is, yeah. And Number twelve of twelve. So yeah. There's uh, a lot of people that look really unhappy, and I don't know. What do. It's a really weird feeling. I felt like this on the way here. It yeah. was almost quite melancholy. Like because I think it's either the fact that it's people are not sure what to expect, yeah, or the fact that it's the last one. Or they're just miserable cunts. Yeah.
3: The second one we did was for Skipper, and. Uh, mm. It was slightly ruined by me coming home halfway through. <laughs> <laughs> I, hadn't, I hadn't been oh, to the yeah. recording. Uh, it was the recording that got rearranged yeah, the uh, one. for sort of half a week later, and I couldn't get the time off work, so it was midweek. And um, I came home, but while I was on my way home, the news that Norman Lovett <laughs> had made a guest appearance had leaked yeah. on Twitter. And so I came home and said, Oh, I can do a breaking news thing in this dwarf cast, and basically ruined the uh, podcast <laughs> because they, we then edited yeah. it out. <laughs>
5: um, I interrupt this broadcast to bring you breaking news that a cunt has entered the house.
0: Well,
1: he
6: will if he, he, can't will if he
5: can actually work out how to use a fucking key. Like,
3: right, Okay, now...
6: A.N. Simes, please enter. (laughs) Now (laughs) I come to entered the
3: house. Am I interrupting your lovely little podcast? You are. Well, uh, now I'm here, I'm going to just bring uh, something in that you guys who are at the recording can't talk about. Uh, So please don't confirm or deny anything that I'm about to say. There has been a tweet that's gone off while I've been on my way home from work uh, from Ed Moore, which was later deleted a picture of a clapperboard for Red Dwarf 11 and 12 uh, signed by a lot of the cast and crew. Oh shit. Oh, Including gosh. Chris Barry, Craig Charles, Danny john jules Robert Llewellyn, Doug Naylor, and right in the bottom left corner, the words and are signed. So uh, I'll just leave that there for the people listening and you guys carry on by discussing the episode. Fuck So what Goodbye. I was Goodbye. All right. I
0: Don't know what that's
3: about. <laughs> the DJ ones have evolved in quite a nice way. <coughs> The atmosphere on those is always special because the atmosphere is always going to be nice on a Sunday night after DJ. Mm. If, if it's been a good event and everyone's had a nice time, then everyone's yeah. going to be all happy. But also, it's the closest thing we're ever going to get to, having, to performing in front of a live audience. <laughs> because there's so many people in the room that when someone's anyone says something funny and everyone laughs. It it is really like listening to a live podcast. One of my highlights from (laughs) Dimension Jump as a whole, and a a DJ first as far as I was, sat in the autograph room and then just hearing, Chris, could you sign my baby? (laughs) (laughs) Not actually on the skin of the baby, (laughs) just in case the NSPCC are listening, but they were getting the baby grow signed. There There
1: was a vest that they had mocked up. Um, and obviously over the course of the weekend the baby having to reuse this vest every now and again mm. had um, all the signatures apart from a few kind of stains in the front they said well Craig's not here so that's kind of the list, of <laughs> <signatures>. <laughs> a list of,
3: leaving his mark
2: <laughs>
4: Well, literally, before the baby was handed to Chris, he had just been sick a little bit. That's <laughs> how so I was like, Please don't be sick on Chris.
3: <laughs> lovely twos. Here's a review
4: of a Prince among men. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Our friends and fellow Red Dwarf fans are a big part of those DJ Dwarf casts as they have been throughout the last 13 years. Over the course of 50 commentaries, 21 instant reactions, 18 of which were live, 10 DJ reports, 4 roundtable discussions, 4 semi-retrospectives, 3 standalone interviews, 2 reviews, 2 set reports, 2 live anniversary specials and a clip show, 59 individuals have appeared. Our most frequent guest is of course Joe Sharples, formerly of the Red Dwarf Fan Club, with 53 individual appearances, only 4 fewer than Tanya, and 22 more than Seb managed before he fucked off. Tom Pyatt and Jez Harrison have both appeared 13 times, and Carly's now a 10 with Alex Newsom, Julian Hazeldean, Carrie Parsons, Joey Newsom, Kieran Parsons and Mick Hayes all racking up five appearances or more. But there have been a fair few famous voices too, as Danny so wisely points out.
6: I suppose the other sort of uh, type of dwarf cast that we probably haven't mentioned is the actual interviews we've done yes. with uh, various peeps. Yeah, so
3: there's, it. Kind of, if I remember the first ones we did were the inserts for series 10, we did um, on the kind of red carpet type interviews for um for at the series 10 premiere of trojan i completely freaked out as soon as i started talking to doug Doug, Hiya. hey, hey. hey. have a quick word for gonna meet tight yeah sure Hi. hey Are you excited about tonight yes very <laughs> excited yes Are so will be glad to get it all over with broadcast tomorrow
6: yeah absolutely yeah <laughs> we've been waiting a long time so yeah. get this
3: done yeah absolutely uh, I've not really prepared any questions. But <laughs> okay, fine. Doug, tell us more about Red Dwarf 10. I've got a lot better now at talking to kind of famous people and, and people that are my heroes, but at the time I was just, uh, <laughs> ah, Doug, yeah, <laughs> Doug <laughs> uh, What happens in Red Dwarf 10, please? <laughs> <laughs> it was not the best interview. Um, but well, uh, then yeah. we did separately, we went and met up with um, Rebecca Blackstone, who is now an actual friend it's it's weird yeah. Stephen Wickham we interviewed uh, met up with him at um, ITV uh, which was odd but then subsequently we have we've not done many but um, they've been fun of doing standalone interview dwarf casts uh, and we've done one with Hattie Hayridge in this very house <laughs> where we're recording now and that's weird. That was that's insane. something that I never thought would happen. That was a very, very strange day was. Hattie Hayridge has been in this house.
1: Danny had the line, you know, she can't count to three without banging her head on the screen. And I said, I've never banged my head on the screen. <laughs>
3: yeah.
1: So I went, well, that doesn't matter. And I went, why don't I just bang my head on the screen? Then it makes sense.
0: <laughs> that's
1: probably what i get rid of her going, oh, God, can she just shut up? Well, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> it's funny when we did the commentaries, um, the, the bloke doing the sound went, he, he said... Uh, He goes, God, you talked a lot in the commentaries. He goes, because you didn't have many lines in the show, (laughs) did you? And I went, yeah, but on the commentaries, I'm saying what I think. (laughs) It's not scripted. Yeah. He's He's like, like,
3: oh, right, yeah. And also me and Danny have been in Matt McDonald's house not once but twice to interview him. He's made us cakes. He's made us cornbread. (laughs) he's
6: What a nice guy. He is,
3: And also that is one of my favourite moments of any Dwarf cast. is a moment... Uh, when <laughs> oh, no. in the, the first interview with Mac it's a moment that still haunts Danny but it is just the yeah. funniest thing where <laughs> Mac <laughs> <Basically>, <laughs> another,
6: it, and I'm, I'm interrupting you to tell you that it's basically me interrupting someone <laughs> really fucking rudely <laughs> no no the, it's not it, we just oh,
3: established in advance that it was kind of for the purposes of a coherent interview it was a one-on-one with me and Mac but that uh, you and Joe, who was also there, were, would chip in. And like if you had something to say, then you would. Yeah. Uh, and that was established, and Mac knew that, and Mac was playing along and joking I know, I know. when he said, when Danny said something for the first time during the recording, and Mac turned around and said, Who asked you, Danny? <laughs> <laughs> this is my fucking interview, pal. I'm going to get back in my box.
5: Here, <laughs> yeah, have my tea. <laughs> <laughs> and
6: I, felt about six inches tall because he does that not not intentionally but yeah i mean i've had my first ever memory of meeting someone famous was like thinking i'd pissed off mac mcdonald so i had like sort of like ptsd flashbacks when he did it again and i was like oh no (laughs) i've done it again (laughs) Uh, but that that genuinely was one of the like one of the coolest interviews because it's so different it's great and yeah
3: the good thing about interviews is that the the success of them is entirely uh, thanks to the person that we're interviewing there's there's nothing special about what we're doing it's just because Hattie and Mac uh, in particular but also Rebecca and all the other people that we've interviewed have been so good to listen to I
4: also did a song with Dolly Parton did you know that? no no, I did know that So I kind of nonchalantly wandered up to her and said, Hi, darling, my name's Matt McDonald. I'm an American actor living in London. I was thinking what a great photo opportunity it would be for you and me to get in my jukebox and do a few pics. What do you think? And she went, I think
5: that
0: sounds real good, (laughs)
4: Matt. So we set up my jukebox. She got in the jukebox with me, and she goes, What do you want to sing? I went, You pick one. She went, Great Balls of Fire? I went, yeah, great. i never heard it as a duet, but I like the idea. So
5: I went, you shame my lures and you rattle my brain. She went, too much
1: love and drives a man insane.
4: Other than starting them, I think like my biggest contribution to cast is probably... uh, spontaneously coming up with the idea to get cast members at Dimension Jump to record little idents. Space Core Directive 501170810972 says all Dwarfers must listen to DwarfCast. Uh, uh, Mr. Rimmer, sir, I think you'll find Shut Up Crichton, I'm right. (laughs) And the way that you've taken that and just run with it to an insane degree.
0: Thank you for listening to GNT DwarfCast and we hope sometime in the future you'll decide to listen to our DwarfCast again. Have a safe onward journey. Goodbye.
4: The ones that were done off the cuff at, at that DJ, now it's like, oh, we're doing an interview with Matt McDonald or Rebecca Blackstone, so let's sit here and get a lengthy bespoke thing.
3: Do you want to go into stasis for the rest of the trip and forfeit 18 months' wages? Do you want to listen to Dwarfcast by Ganymede and Titan?
4: Choose. Choose.
3: And so, 100 episodes later, we've concluded that the best bits of the Ganymede and Titan dwarf casts are the ones that involve other people, and a good proportion of what's left was actually complete shit in retrospect. And yet we're still making them, and you're still listening, presumably. So what is it about them that makes this endeavour inexplicably not a complete waste of everyone's time? That's not for us to say, but the listener comments have been flooding in. Chris Carter says that over the years he's come to regard the g and podcast as one that he's listened to. Chris Davis describes it as famous for the commentary that made Pete vaguely watchable. Peeping Signal says you're alright I guess, but there ain't no doubt I'd prefer Jimmy Nails' podcast if he had one. Ben Kirkham says we're the most wonderful cunts on the planet, but Dave errs on the side of caution by describing us merely as some cunts. Clem likes how short they tend to be, while Katie Did likes the parts where we say the things they think and doesn't like the parts when we say the things they don't think. Daniel Massey says that in all honesty it's better than Call a Shaker's second album. Philly Mess disagrees, saying he admits that he was disappointed in 1999 but has revisited it and now finds it to be a splendid album, although not quite on the same level as K. Meanwhile, Simon Bennett describes the podcast as so good, I'd never heard of it before today. Cy Bromley says that joking aside, it leaves joking aside. International Debris reckons it's the most frustratingly slow very good thing on the internet. Tom Selway says it's garbled, confusing and quite frankly dudder than an in-flight magazine produced by Air Belgium. While Paul Muller's favourite episode is the one where Alex does that pitch-perfect impression of Patrick Stewart's Red Dwarf night segment. Pete Part 3 likes the bits where we reference specific comments on Ganymede and Titan. But what are the team's final thoughts to summarise our experience of being part of a podcast that is undoubtedly one of the podcasts about Red Dwarf?
2: With the Dwarfcasts, they always felt like just a bit of fun between us and we'll put them online and the people like them great and the people don't like them then I don't really care. Mm. And the site was a bit like that, but the dwarf cast especially were kind of, the end result was a byproduct of watching Red
3: Dwarf together. We've all got a lot more busy in our jobs and we all have less spare time to do this. And so part of the reason why it's taken us 14 years to do hundred of these fuckers is that we never get the chance to spend time sitting around and talking about Red Dwarf anymore. And so especially as time has gone on, it's been more of a, of a bonus and more of a nice thing to do. Yep. The way I look at it is, I really enjoy recording the dwarf
2: Dwarfcasts, um, but the end result is not... Is, is what it, it's, it's good, but it's not my favourite thing. The one thing I do like is that I don't actually think our podcasts have lost the bite mm. that they had. I just think you
3: don't have to be a cunt in order to be slightly spiky. We try to be fair with our criticism now. Even when we really, really don't like something, we... Try not to be pricks about it.
4: You can put it down to the age that we were, and the fact that you know we hadn't had the sort of experience of of getting a bit closer to things and understanding things a bit better. You know, you you work in TV, so you understand stuff better now. But there, you know, there is an element listening back of just you just feel oh, just stop being such a dickhead. And as for ones that you've done since I left, um, shit.
2: One of the things that I think has helped the Dwarf cast quite considerably over the years is we kind of accidentally in the early years and deliberately in the later years, we've really tried to get a mix of voices on mm. and it isn't just two twats talking about shit, it's about five or six <coughs> different twats talking about shit.
4: All I'll say is there have been times when I've listened to them and got really frustrated at people for, for their opinions.
2: We are a podcast that is still updating after 13 years there aren't many like that most podcasts that started in 2006 had stopped by 2007 yeah (laughs) so i give us credit for longevity
4: can i can i tell people who listen to these podcasts but who miss me doing
3: podcasts to go and listen to my other ones uh you can i might edit it out but say it anyway
4: (laughs) yeah you can hear me podcasting on
3: I do think we probably
2: should have finished the commentaries by now. <laughs> like, I mean, what's 13 years between friends? I mean, people were saying, what, you're really going to make the stretch out over two or three years? <laughs> it's like...
0: <laughs>
2: Hold my beer.
0: <laughs>
1: what's 13 years between friends is a very good title. for <laughs>
3: <laughs> All that remains is to say a heartfelt thank you for listening. Not just today, but over the last 13 years and 100 episodes. Normal service, whereby we point our over-analytical sneering outwards rather than inwards, will soon be resumed. So until then... Ed bye, everybody. Ed bye. You have been listening to Dwarf Casts,
0: brought to you by Ganymede and Titan at www.ganymede.tv